Today I'm joined by Dan Titus, having a look at the, well, doing the Friday forecast, having a look at the last seven days, talking about what might happen in the upcoming seven days. This is Fantasy Basketball International. This is Balls Deep. Imagine you with all your complexity, all your imperfection, all your imperfection. Welcome to the Balls Deep podcast, part of the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Uh, I'm your host, Adam King, at AdamKing91 on Twitter is where you can find me. I have Dan Titus with me today. So this is this used to be my Tuesday show. I think I was doing it um, with Zach. He can't do it anymore. My working from home arrangements have changed, so I'm going to be doing it on a Friday and uh, lucky <laughs> enough to have... Dan, uh, find some time in his busy schedule. Dan, uh, thanks for jumping in. No problem, Kingy, and uh, Happy New Year to you, and glad you were able to make it back. I know you're going through some traffic and stuff, so <sighs> and it's just great that you're flexible enough to be able to shift things around and uh, keep this keep this podcast going. Yeah, it's uh, it's tricky. It's tricky when I have to manage time differences and all sorts of things, but um, <laughs> trust me, I'd much rather be doing this than work, so... Uh, always a pleasure. Um, we were just talking about the, the Spurs and the Bucks, which is happening at the moment. And uh, good to see my man Devin Vassell having a good game uh, today Finally. as well. So, um, yeah, great. Very exciting. Uh, we've got a few topics we're going to talk about. Now, I even made some banners so I know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, otherwise, I forget. Uh, Draymond Green. Um Sounds as though he's going to be back with the team soon uh, with a view to maybe getting back to action next week. Uh, that will – I can't remember when he was suspended, but I feel like it's going to end up being close to a month. Am I about right there? Yeah, you're about right there. Um, so he yeah. was first – yeah, he was first suspended on December 13th. So uh, he's going to miss about a month. Okay. Um, so I guess the question that we'll probably get is – Will he be a guy, like, are they just going to slot him straight back in, starting, playing big minutes, exactly like he was before the suspension? Is he, I mean, the Warriors have looked okay uh, since he he sort of went out, but I wouldn't say they're setting the world on fire. So, no. I, I don't know, does this impact guys like Pajemski, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, and, and if we're holding those guys, are we worried? Like, what, what's the fallout here? The interesting part is, you know, where what move are the Warriors going to make here? Because, like, I think Bob Myers said it on the ESPN pod um, telecast for tonight's game, uh, that being Wednesday, Thursday. Again, the days are just piling up. Um, <laughs> uh, he said that even if Draymond returns, there's going to be some kind of an integration period that they're going to need to figure out chemistry wise because Steve. Uh, Steve Kerr has been doing something that he hasn't traditionally done. He's been getting those younger players more minutes. So the first name that comes to mind is Jonathan Kaminga because he was the one that was really placed into that Draymond Green spot. And Trace 
um, Trace Jackson Davis, I think he's been benefiting more because uh, Kevon Looney's minutes have been going down. So they got to do something. And I just read that Moses Moody is is apparently getting um, some interest on the trade market. So I feel like Brandon Pajemski is still probably a good hold right now with Andrew Wiggins playing so poorly. Who knows what they do or if they're able to find a suitor for him. But I, from a fantasy perspective, I want to be rushing to go get Draymond Green. Like, sure, if you have space on your bench and everyone can use his assists from the power forward position, his stocks are lower than they've been in the years past, but he's still an effective fantasy player. He's only 62% rostered right now in Yahoo League, so... I feel like it's a player you can add if you have the space for him, but I would also temper expectations initially that he's going to need some kind of a ramp up period. I don't expect him to start immediately, but he's still going to play like 20 minutes a game once he, you know, finally gets back into condition, game shape, and all that stuff, which I think he's reported to be returning to practice um, later this week. So um, his return is definitely imminent. Yeah, I've just pulled up his stats here for the year. So he's he's outside the top 150 in nine cat. Uh, yeah. leagues, almost 10 points a game, um, 1.23s, which is actually pretty good for Draymond, uh, yeah. five and a half rebounds, six assists. And look, you're going to get those rebounds and assists. He's not going to score, but as you said, it, the defensive stats are, are way down. He's at 0.4 steals, 0.7 blocks. So 1.1 that, is not really... That's, that's not going to... That's not Draymond, no. right? Like no. that, That's just any old player on the waiver wire. Pretty much, yeah. So, <laughs> so I think... As you said, if, if you've got a spot, if you can just sort of chuck him in there for a week, then go ahead. But I don't see his upside this season being high enough mm-hmm. to, to warrant. I wouldn't prioritise him and drop someone um, who's got sort of top 80, top 100 upside to right. get him at this stage. Um, another player that's coming back potentially this week, tomorrow maybe, Zach Levine. We weren't sure whether he was going to play in Chicago again. It's been a, a lot of rumours about <laughs> his future and, and where he's going to be. But it does sound like he is coming back. Uh, he's been training with the G League squad, I believe, um, and and he's on track. The biggest question that you'll probably get, I've had it, is what are we doing with Kobe White? Is, is Zach Levine coming back going to make Kobe White someone that could be droppable? Uh, do you try and sell higher? And if so, what would you... How 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 high a, a player would you need in return, or, or do you just hold him? If I have Kobe White, which I do in a couple spots, I, I'm holding because I think this is a long game play. The Bulls weren't winning games when Zach Levine was in the lineup before. They're ten and six with him out of the lineup, and with the Lakers and other teams that are looking for this, you know, shot creation and dynamic missing piece. I feel like he's going to be one of the first people that people target, you know, in the trade market. So I I think it's a foregone conclusion that Zach Levine's eventually going to get traded. The timeline of where the Chicago Bulls are and how they've doled out money to Kobe White, to um, Javon Carter, you know, they they have bench depth that they have there to kind of keep the, the Bulls going. And the fact that they're winning without him says to me that they don't really need him. So I think this might be, when he returns, might be a little audition. So I would hold on to Kobe White as long as you can because I think he's going to have the keys to being you know, a top 70, maybe even a top 60 guy for the rest of the season, assuming Zach Levine's gone. The person I do think is droppable is Patrick Williams, and he's been kind of fringe 
add anyway. Mm-hmm. But like anytime Zach Levine's in the lineup, he just disappears offensively. So I think you could safely drop him. Yeah, I think he's as you said, he's right on the cusp there. If you if you want to hold him, go ahead. If you want to drop him, I don't think you'll regret it. Um, no. Alex Caruso potentially could be a bit of a loser here as well. He might shift back to the bench. He can still have value off the bench um, as a bit of a specialist, but. Right. Probably takes a hit. Um, I just pulled up Kobe White and Zach Levine's numbers. So even when Levine was playing, um, so up till the end of November, through that period before he went down, Kobe White was still playing 30 minutes a night minimum. Right. Um, he had a few 20-point games. Assist numbers were decent. He was getting the odd steal. Efficiency was, was okay. So people forget that. Like, it's not... It's not that Kobe White has only been good since Zach Levine went down. He was good before that. Right. Um, it's a great point. And so I, I think if I wanted to sell high, I'd, I'd maybe consider a top 50 player for him. But I don't think anyone's going to give you a top 50 player for Kobe yeah. White. So you just <laughs> you probably should have did that a week ago when he yeah. was, you know, hitting five threes, dropping 30 with six and six. That's right. Th- those are those those moments where it's like, oh, do I strike? Um, but yeah. it just looks so good in the moment. It's like, oh, maybe this is for real and something I can carry on. Because, I mean, if you look at it, you know, Kobe White's been one of the best values, you know, value mm-hmm. draft picks all season, right? Like he was going in like that anywhere between the 11th and 14th round. So for what he's producing, you know, I, I get the hesitancy to want to trade him, but he's been a sell high all year. <laughs> relative has, to his yeah. ADP. And, and as you said, you don't really have much invested in him at this point. It's a you yeah. probably got him in the back end or even off waivers. You might have just yeah. picked him up off waivers. Right. So um, <laughs> just enjoy it. Uh, now, this one, the guy that's sort of flown under the radar a little bit, but he's been pretty good the last couple of weeks for Indiana, and that's Aaron Neesmith. Um, they've chopped and changed with their starting lineup a little bit this season, but Neesmith seems to have earned his spot there. Uh, I've got him in... A couple of leagues and any steal numbers have been decent. Minutes are there. Um, what do you, do you think? Can this stick? Like, is, is he someone that can have rest of season value, or is this a two, three week period and then they end up going back to Jalen Smith or back to someone else? It's it's a great question because I, I have the same struggle every time I see him on waivers because like I think and there's if there's certain weeks where Indiana has more games played or they play on favorable slates. I think he's a must add for those situations because you never know when he's going to pop off, whether it's in his scoring, whether it's a surprise double double, or maybe he does neither of those things and he gets like five stocks. So like he's one of these these fantasy players that contributes in different ways at different moments. And I think that there's value in that. He's only 32 percent rostered in Yahoo League. So like if you're looking for a bench guy that can kind of contribute in areas where you might be weak, I think the only category he doesn't really contribute to is probably assists. But like everything else, he can give you something. So I think he's worthwhile as long as he's in the rotation, um, starting in in that role. I would just be cautious that Rick Carlisle is going to change his mind and someone else is going to get a start here or there. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. Bruce Brown coming back, I think, kind of changed their their lineup a little bit. Ben Matherin's been playing better. Buddy Heal's been going in in and out of the starting lineup. Now he's on the bench again. Uh, It's an interesting... I mean, I think the one thing that's always going for the Pacers is that they play with high tempo and Tyrese Halliburton's your point guard and everything else. Like they'll, they'll figure out everything else. They're going to produce a lot of fantasy points. So 
I think out of the the waiver ads that are out there, I think Neesmith is probably one of the higher ones just because you know he's going to get minutes, he's trusted, and he can do a lot for for fantasy fantasy value. Yeah, they they seem to like having him on the on the court. Um, he's played crunch time. Yeah, yeah, he closes often. Uh, he's played at least twenty eight minutes in or six of the last seven. Um, mm-hmm. He's not going to be consistent in points. You, we, we sort of he'll he'll blow up and then he'll have nothing. But as you said, he right. can get you some rebounds. He'll get you some defensive stuff. He had seven threes in a game um, a couple of games ago. So if you're not if you're not sort of relying on him to score, if you just want a guy that can do a bit of everything, um, rank well numbers player ranks obviously aren't everything. But he's the 85th ranked player this season. So great, you know, and that's because like even without a lot of volume, he's doing these other things. Those st- yep. like he's a better defensive player in fantasy right now than Draymond Green is. Like that, oh, I didn't expect yeah. that that would happen, but that's what's <laughs> spiking that you know that ranking yep. so high for him to be top 80. Um, yeah, I think he, he's just definitely anybody that's if I see people that have kind of gotten into the under the 100 top 100 radar on waivers like I usually just pick them up just because something has to be going right for them to be playing mm. that well. And it's not just one thing like these are the guys that can kind of sprinkle a little bit of everything uh, across the fantasy across categories. Yeah, and I think that that's the sort of highlights the difference between someone like say Aaron Neesmith, for example, and and um, if you look at like a Malik Beasley or um, yeah. Someone that might also be—I mean, if I go into the, the player ranks here and, and go in, in the top 100 or top 120, um, mm-hmm. like Sadiq Bay, for instance, 115th ranked player, he's probably going to be dropped. Eric Gordon, 123rd, that would say, mm-hmm. hey, he's a must roster player, but he's not really. He's reliant on one category, two categories, mm-hmm. points and threes. Um, whereas Neesmith will—it'll change every night what you're going to get. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, he's been quite. That's, al- that's also a good point because Eric Gordon's role is diminishing. Where I, I say Aaron Neesmith's is still, I think you could argue it's still consistent or at least going yeah. up. And same with Sadiq Bay now with Jalen Johnson back, he's still getting minutes and he's playing fine, but his, his role is going to decrease a bit now that he's back. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh. It, it just highlights, as we said, that rankings aren't everything when it comes to fantasy. Um, yep. Although rankings don't lie for this guy, Marcus Smart, um, who I thought was pretty good to start the season before Jar obviously wasn't there and now Jar is there. Um, he was getting some assists. He was getting steals. Since coming back, he's been pretty rough. Um, he has still had – I'm just going to pull up his box scores, but he, I know he has still had – some okay steal numbers, but the assists yeah. are down, points are down. Um, I I drafted him in a lot of leagues and just threw him in an IR spot waiting for him to come back. And uh, he's come back and <laughs> I've even looked at him and considered dropping him. Do you think he's going to be must roster rest of the season or just with the, the ascension of Desmond Bain, um, Jar coming back? Is smart sort of the third guy there, and and maybe there's not enough meat on the bone for him to be must roster. I'd say he's he might even be the fourth option behind Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, yep. Um, because Jaron Jackson Jr. is playing so poorly without Ja, but now Ja's back. It's like, oh, hey, this guy plays basketball again. Um, 
I do think that Marcus Smart will be expendable in shallow leagues. 12 teams, I, I find it hard-pressed that he'll last on waivers too long just because he's averaging so many steals. Hmm. Um, he's kind of like a better version of Alex Caruso, but he just doesn't shoot with the same percentage. Like, his shooting is awful this year. But I think that he can correct it. Like, this is a Marcus Smart thing. Hmm. Sometimes he just needs to get hot one time, and then he'll go on a streak of four or five games where he'll knock down, like, three threes. Maybe we'll see those assist numbers come up. But I think that's probably the biggest concern that I have is that his distribution is just far down than it was with Boston and then also to to the um, his average, you know, as being a point guard in this league. So hopefully he can figure it out. I, I think it's just him probably coming back. You know, it's, it hasn't even been 10 games since he came back off of his injury. So he probably needs to have a little bit of an adjustment period. Uh, the last two games have been awful, but, you know, you could also – I don't know that I'm going to advocate for buying him, but if you did try to buy him, you'd be getting him pretty pretty cheap right now. So I don't mm. think it's out of the realm of possibility if you're looking for a guy that can get you steals, assists, and threes, and can play a lot better than than he is right now. Yeah, I think this is probably his flaw. Like, he, he, I don't think yeah. he can he can shoot much worse. Um, yeah, he had six and five points in the last two games, shooting twenty percent and fourteen percent. So <laughs> we know he's bad. We know it's never going to be a strength, but. <laughs> Yeah. Prior to that, he had 12 points, 22 points, 17 points, 13 points. So, And that's more where I'd have him in that sort of 14 to 15 points. Um, I think the assists are, are going to hover at around four to five, but it's those steal numbers. Uh, and if you had him and uh, like a Alex Caruso or a DeLon Wright sitting mm-hmm. on the waiver wire, I'm going to go smart every day of the right. week just because he's yeah. playing 30 minutes a night. Um, mm-hmm. He can get you some assists. He can get you some threes. So he's a specialist, but with that, the ability to sort of chip in a few other categories as well. Yeah, um, well said. Another guy that's come back uh, from injury, but but has looked pretty good, and, and his minutes have been encouraging. Is Larry Nance uh, in in New Orleans? Now this is this isn't um, him playing significant minutes. Is not something that no. we're surprised at, given what we saw last season when the Pelicans were healthy to start the season and Zion was healthy they showed that they were more than happy to play Nance alongside Zion to close games. Um, so, and they're doing that again. They just had a big win over Minnesota. Um, they're looking good. I don't I don't have the standings in front of me. I don't know if you do, but I'm thinking they have to be climbing the standings a little bit um, after a bit of a down stretch there. They're probably fifth or sixth in the West. Um, you got it sixth. Mm-hmm. Sixth. So, yeah, look, Larry Nance, I picked him up in two leagues. Um, I don't think he's going to get to 32 minutes or anything like that, but he should hover it around at sort of at least 22 to 23, up to 28. He's really good at steals from the centre spot. He's very good in that category. Uh, he's efficient, can hit threes, doesn't really hit a lot of them, but gets rebounds. Um, is he someone that you think we need to be adding and can maintain value? Injuries are obviously a worry because he seems to always get injured but as long as he's healthy are we adding him i think we have to now you know he's up to 21 percent in yahoo leagues i mean in deep leagues for sure you know 12 team i'm adding him i think it's more indicative of the fact that the Pel- the pelicans are actually winning games they've won their last five and mm-hmm. it's no coincidence in those last five games when you've played more larry nance alongside zion williamson as you talked about benching jonas valachunas it, it's working out pretty well 
So, you know, with the numbers that he's been putting up, you know, he's got a couple low end double doubles, you know, and you obviously talked about the steals potential that he has. I like Larry Nance to Adam, and he's going to be an efficient shooter. He doesn't take a lot of shots. He's a guy that plays near the rim. Um, so he kind of helps you, like, in the way that Jonathan Kaminga can kind of help you, just less rebound. Uh, yeah, uh, their rebounds are probably pretty comparable. But I'm just expecting them to be more of, like, in the dunker spot where he just catches lobs, yeah. gets easy shots at the rim, rebounds, hustles, and then also gets those scrappy hustle plays. So as long as he's playing and he's healthy – I think that he's worth a spot when he's getting 20 minutes a night, which is what's happened over the last five games. And he's just a hustle guy as well. Provides that yep. energy, like like Alvarado mm -hmm. off the bench. Um, yeah, doesn't get doesn't get a lot of assists, but if you watch them, they do run the offense through him when he's on the floor. Mm -hmm. um, so he does feature and, and can play that role in the high yeah. post. So um, yeah, we we know that they like him. So I think if if he's available and um, Again, you don't. He's not going to blow you away in points, but steals, field goal percentage, rebounds. Uh, he, he'll get you some blocks from time to time. Um, mm -hmm. Not a lot, but but uh, yeah, I, I like him in standard leagues. Uh, now this happened oh, a week ago, roughly. I think we've had two games now from from each of the the Knicks and the Raptors with their new guys. Um, basically, what we thought. I think the. I think we've all sort of did a – we all on my show and on um, you're on the, the Roto World show, we all did a breakdown of who we thought were the winners and the losers of the trade and, and that sort of thing. And I think it's pretty much gone to plan. Um, yeah. Anything changed for you? And, and like, is Emmanuel quickly – to me, he's the clear winner from this trade um, based on what we've seen. It's it's small sample size. But um, what do you think his upside is this year? year now in this role obviously the Raptors could make more changes we're not um, saying that they're done but if he's starting point guard in Toronto what's his upside I think we could get to top 60 um, we haven't really seen a case example where he's you know sustained consistent value for more than probably 10 or 15 games and you know last year when he had his run to get six man of the year they were doing some injuries, so he got a little spike in minutes. Um, but I think now that he's going to be getting, you know, 30-plus, it seems like. His first game, he played 28, but I think that, that was just an integration thing. Like, hey, let's feel this out, see how he plays. Um, I think the sky's the limit for him. And, you know, I think that it, it's been pretty clear that, that the Toronto Raptors now, I think that this is the first domino to fall of what could be a few more moves. I think that they, they have come out and said that they do want to see what it looks like with Scotty Barnes. Emmanuel quickly and now RJ Barrett there and with Siakam, but I think Siakam's going to get traded at some point. Like they don't want to give him another contract. You might as well get something for him before he leaves in free agency. So at this point, I think Emmanuel quickly's value just goes up. I, I think he's going to have a usage that he hasn't had typically before. And if we can get those assists up, you know, mm -hmm. maybe he can give us, you know, five assists with, you know, 17, 18 points. The, the, the threes are going to be there. He's a good on-ball defender, so he'll get deflections and steals. There's a lot to like about Emmanuel quickly, and he's a, he's a efficient from the free throw line. So, yeah, clear winner for me. I think the R.J. Barrett situation is still interesting for me because I don't know that he's his game is really going to change too much. Like I guess it's great that, yeah, he gets to play for his home country now. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'll be more of a fan favorite. He'll get you know, a little bit more, a chance to reset a little bit, but like his game never really translated to fantasy very well. So I'm curious to see if it, if anything changes for him, you know, 
the scoring, probably still ex- ex- uh, expecting that to be around, you know, anywhere between 17, 20 points. But it's the rebounds, the assists, the steals. Can we get something else out of him? Because otherwise, he's just still a fringe, you know, one. He's a fringe 200 guy for most for most uh, fantasy seasons. So, yeah, I think OG Ananobi is the one that that I'm really excited about the most because I have him on a few teams. I have him mm-hmm. in industry pickup, and it's been frustrating. I've been wanting to sell for a while, but I always felt like it wasn't the right deal, and people were going to be buying extremely low. Um. But I feel like he's he's finally found his place this season where, you know, he's going to have his opportunity to shoot more in, in those spots. That's what the Knicks were looking for. And defensively, he already looks like he just fits with their system. Tom mm-hmm. Thibodeau has been like, you're, like, it just seems like he's just been uh, very excited to get a player like this that can switch so easily and a great off the ball defender and just cause has his hands on everything. So I think OG Ananobi, it's, it's, a, it's a weird trade that actually I think everyone kind of benefits in real life and also um, in fantasy. So shout out to the Raptors and the Knicks for, for pulling this off. I'm, I'm curious to see what's next though, but I think either way, Emmanuel quickly is going to be safe. Yeah. I think top 60 for him um, is about right. Um, Barrett. Yeah. Look, I mean, we know who he is and, and the, the difference between him and quickly is that we've seen what Barrett can do in a 33 minute a night role and it's not much. He's doing it for so, four years. Yeah. So um, we know who it is. Yeah. Look, look, I mean, he's looked fine. If you've yeah. got him, you just hold him and you see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, for me, Ananobi is the interesting one as well. Uh, and and I'm hoping that, cause I've, I've got him in a few spots and, and I'm hoping that you sort of mentioned about RJ Barrett, this being a reset, I'm hoping this is a reset for OG as well because yeah. he's been on the trade block for a while. I don't think he was happy in Toronto. Um, so just moving to New York, new new sceneries away from from um, whatever was bothering him in, in Toronto. So you just want his steal numbers to come up. You want him to hit some threes. You want him to hit his free throws. Um, as you said, it looks like they're really excited to have him there. I would assume they wouldn't have made this trade without – some sort of verbal agreement with him because he's off contract mm-hmm. that that so he would want to go there like I'm, I'm assuming this is where he wants to be and um so yeah I, I'm hoping that that he can turn things around and and put in a sort of a good stretch here of of what we know he can do and why we drafted him because it's been frustrating yeah. Yeah, he, we drafted him as a you know a top fifty player, and uh, it hasn't been that. He's been outside the top one hundred in nine cat leagues and and points leagues. So he hasn't. He's been a shell of himself. But I think the first two games are pretty pretty inspiring to see what what what, what we can see going forward here. So the last guy I want to talk about is someone that, <laughs> and I mean some most but most fantasy or people that are really into fantasy will know who this guy is. But Simone Fontecchio. Uh, he's been a little bit up and down this season, but the Jazz's rotations have been all over the place. Um, he started the last three games, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Kessler on the bench for whatever reason. He's, I don't know, he's interesting. Like I picked him up. I spoke with Josh uh, on his show this morning about about Fontecchio as well, and, and someone posted a question to us saying, is he a must-roster player? And both of us were a bit hesitant to say that. Uh, that, that he's must roster, but I think you could roster him in a standard league and and see what he can do for the. I mean, it, it might be that in a week's time he's playing fifteen minutes off the bench 
again. So we, we really don't know. But is he someone that you've added anywhere or or someone you've considered adding? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's – I try not to overthink uh, some of these pickups because it's very rare that you'll actually stumble upon a guy that, oh, he's going to have rest-of-season value if you just picked him up off the streets unless an injury happens or you're getting ahead of something like an imminent trade. Fontecchio is a person that I think right now holds value because he's starting. He's seen over 30 minutes the last three games. And even if he struggles from the field, he's been showing that he can do enough for fantasy to make him fantasy relevant, right? Like he's hitting threes. He gets steals. He's averaging over 1.4 over his last five games. Um, he's scoring. He can rebound. If Will Hardy is trusting this guy to play more minutes, he's got to have something to him or Maybe they're posturing for something bigger. And if that's the case, you know, John Collins' minutes have been going down. He's been playing 20, you know, in that 20 range. He hasn't been closing games. He wasn't in that overtime battle the other night. Um, I I feel like Will Hardy's telling us that he likes Fontecchio. So I'm not going to say he's a must roster, but I think you had a good approach of, hey, pick him up. If he's doing something for you, keep him around. And if there's somebody else that comes out better that might have a more favorable schedule for you to stream, cool. You can drop him. He's not a must-add. But take advantage of what he's doing right now because, I mean, Kessler's not getting minutes. Their their rotation – whose rotation is more frustrating, them or the Detroit Pistons at this point? It's – yeah, it's pretty – it's pretty rough, both of them. Um, even, I mean, even the Spurs have been a little bit weird with yeah, their Yeah, you can add them to the list. At least they're getting um, injuries, so it's kind of forced in their hand. Like, all right, Trey yeah. Jones can actually start and play point guard. And, hey, yeah. look at Wemby's stats tonight. It's not a coincidence yeah. when he plays with a real point guard. <laughs> yeah, it's there's a few teams that fall into that category. But Utah are probably, probably a team that we – like Detroit – Spurs, I guess you sort of we, – we expected some weird, odd rotations. Yeah. I don't think we expected that with the Jazz. I think we no. thought last year they built something that, that they wanted to move forward with, and then this year it's been just weird, I guess because they're losing or they have yeah. been losing. It's um, so weird, though, because, you know, Walker Kessler was one of their bright spots last mm. year. He gets hurt. He had, like, a UCL injury. He comes back off of it. Why is he? Why is his role completely changed? Is he really not playing that well? I, I did an article about him probably like maybe three weeks ago, and the numbers weren't that off from the previous year. So I'm like, does, are they just trying to showcase as many play, people as they can? And then that's not even talking about their backcourt. Like I know Clarkson was hurt, but then Keontae George got hurt, so now Colin Sexton's a thing. He's not mm-hmm. going away, but like now Taylor Horton Tucker's on the bench, and he doesn't seem like he's going to be coming off anytime soon. Probably not for the worst. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's just uh, it just seems like Will Hardy's just constantly trying to figure out something when they probably overachieved last year. So now it's a point where, hey, guys, we have some assets. We could probably let's show off some guys and potentially, you know, make some moves so that we can build this team for the future, which I think makes sense to build to build around marketing. Um, but Fontecchio is not like a cornerstone piece or anything like that. So I he's think not. And he's also 28. So he's not right. <laughs> like he's not a young guy. He's, he's almost having like a, a moment. He's having he a is. moment, and I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, he could be a guy that can, a contending team could be like, hey, this guy's pretty interesting. He's a vet. He's thir- mm-hmm. twenty eight years old. All right, we can we can we could probably get him. So I don't know. I don't know what their plans are, but if he's getting minutes, you can stream him. Yeah, and he's um, as I said, he, he is up and down. But over the last month, he's one hundred and fourteenth, twelve points, four rebounds, 
a steal, two threes, 50% from the field. So there's enough there for, for him to be uh, someone that can be rostered in 12-team uh, mm-hmm. leagues. That's everything I want to talk about. I'm just going to give you like 90 seconds to shine because you talked about industry pickup. <laughs> you beat me I last gotta week. I've got to win. <laughs> um, I wasn't going to say anything because I'm the bottom of the barrel here. You're not too yo, far away from me, but you're far enough because my team is that bad. <laughs> oh, look, it's I'm pretty bad as well. Um, so, yeah. I is did it any I, coincidence? I saw... We were 11 and I think we were – maybe I was the 10th pick. You were the 12th. I liked your draft. Um, I like. I and- still like my team, <laughs> but it's just not. It's certain players have done exactly what I needed them to do. It just happens that all of my guards suck. So, <laughs> Drew Holiday, Marcus Smart, Markel Fultz, yeah. they've just all done nothing. Um, hence, why I've had to make some trades, and I got Chris Paul and Dejounte Murray to try and boost those assist and steal numbers. But it's yeah, it's I'm really just. Um, I don't know what pushing shit uphill. That's sort of the, the <laughs> phrase over here. So it's uh, uh, you're winning again this week. I just checked. Yeah, the, uh, I, I think my team is finally getting healthy. The problem is I just got to dig out of this massive hole where I don't I don't see a viable path for the sixth spot at this point. Like I'm going to have to go on a run of kicking people's ass. It's not winning these five four weeks. It's like a yeah. consecutive seven two thing. And I don't think my team is built with that much upside to do that. So. I have a lot of flaws. I, man, this is the worst. I, I could say that it's my worst team, but it's easily my worst team. I'm not proud of it. I hate looking at it every day, but I'm going to, I'm going to try my best to not be last. That's my goal. So I yeah. think I'm six games out of 11th place. So I got some yeah. work to do, but a couple wins here. I'll, I'll take a two, a two week win streak. I, I need it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, even I, I'm six wins out of sixth spot. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna you have could to go on a run. Things I need a cu- right. I need a run. Yeah, it's it's close this week. Um, I just need my guards to come to the party, but they're just not doing it at the moment. So uh, we, yeah, look, we might be uh, regretting our drafts, and <laughs> maybe next year we'll get higher picks. I don't know. It was it's always tough in a league like this with people that know exactly what they're doing. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. Look, I've I took Wemby and Chet, and I love Wemby and Chet. They've Dude, been so much but fun. You drafted two guys that are you know first round, you know first second round value. Like you drafted them where they're going to. I mean, I don't. I mean, where does Chet go next year? Do you think he's going to be around that twelve spot on the turn? Do you think he could get into first round? Is that possible? Yeah. Look, I sure. I tweeted out something a couple of days ago with my projected first round for next year. <laughs> So many of my teams suck this year that I'm already looking to the, to <laughs> it's, the next let's season. Move on. Um, and uh, I think I had uh, I had Wemby at six for next okay. year. Um, my top five were so I had SGA at one. I think next next year like might that. be the season we see Jokic dethroned as that consensus number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had SGA at one, Jokic at two. I, I think you could make a case for Embiid at two, but I feel yeah. like people are going to lean Jokic over Embiid just because of that sure. injury history. Um, so and Jokic, just, yeah. Embiid, Halliburton at four, Doncic at five. So they were my top five. Then I had Wemby and Chet back-to-back at six and seven. So I'm... You're, you're replacing the Steph, Tatum, yeah. Halliburton... 
Yeah, so I bumped Halliburton up because his assist numbers are just ridiculous. Um, yeah. And I just think Wemby and – Wemby – I think Wemby will go higher than Chet. Um, Wemby could go top five because I just think people are, are going to want him on their team because of how unique, how different, how freaky he is. Um, Chet, maybe he bumps down a little bit. Then I had Giannis. I had Steph Curry at nine, but thinking about it and, and talking to people, I might fade him a little bit. Anthony Davis I had at 10. He could be top five as well, but that injury yeah. sort of question mark still hovers there. And then I had Jason Tatum and I put LaMelo Ball at 12, but that's just because I'm super high on LaMelo Ball, um, even though too, he keeps man. getting injured. I, I literally um, just put out an article just saying, like, for my New Year's resolution, I just want him to be healthy for the remainder of the season. Like, come uh, back and, yeah. like, just show us why you're this good at fantasy basketball. Because, dude, he was on a tear. He was averaging, like, 38 and 6. Yeah, steal like four triples. Like he was just hitting his stride, and then he hurt his ankle again. So yeah. I, I think yeah. next year I'm not I'm not going to be I'm not going to be shy about drafting him in the first round next year. Like he just keeps on getting ankle injuries. Steph Curry went through it. Some people will just get ankle injuries. Maybe he'll tape yeah. it up at some point or get some different kicks that it won't <laughs> happen as frequently. But until that happens, like he 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 balls every time he plays. So I yeah, I can't I can't I can't fade him. Yeah, I'd rather no, say Durant, I, Lillard, all those guys yeah. that you just talked about. And that's who – I mean, I had them in that discussion for that 12th pick. I had Lillard, uh, Dame, um, Kawhi, I think, could be in that discussion as well. Kawhi playing games. Healthy. Yeah, that, that changes um, things. But KD. Yeah. But, see, yeah. like, even KD can't be trusted, man. Like, no. that team – I think that's the other thing about it. It's like, I, I think I'd rather – invest in Wemby over a lot of those guys because he's going to be the focal point of the offense. Whereas like Phoenix is like still sharing, like Devin Booker's doing his thing. Bradley Bill sucks, but he'll get it. He'll figure yeah. it out eventually. But at their that stage in their career, they've kind of, they've already peaked. Whereas like, we don't even know what the ceiling no. of Wemby looks like. He, he wasn't, he's not even playing 30 minutes a night and he's getting like seven blocks. And like, yeah, we have it's... no idea what that could really be what, with a squad no. and with a consistent role. Yeah, he, he both him and Chet have been. And Chet too. I think I think they've been um, they've exceeded our expectations. We thought they were going to be good, but both of them are basically yeah. top fifteen players this season. Um, and then the only other guy, or, or another guy that I had in that discussion for the first round is Trey Young. Uh, I think he's been that's, that's interesting. Quietly, really yeah. good this season, um, mm-hmm. and. He's assist. He both he and um, Halliburton are the only two players in the league averaging double digit assists. That alone, I think, gives him a, a bump. Uh, what is he? He's the twentieth ranked player this season, and he was bad to start the season. Mm-hmm. So if you take that that sort of first two three weeks out, he's basically a walking thirty and ten with three threes, uh, and he's averaging one and a half steals this year, which is a nice little bonus. I mean, if you punt turnovers, he's probably close to a first round value, um, especially with those steals. Like that steals, that that that's not something we consistently saw from Trey. Um, yeah, I, I wonder what the the Hawks are going to do because they're still like middling in that Eastern Conference. They're not really getting better. Mm-hmm. I think they found something with Jalen Johnson, but like they got to figure out this De- DeAndre Hunter, Clint Capella, like they got to figure out something because it's not something's not taking them to the next level. And I just hope it's not going to force a trade because it seems like Quinn Snyder has been a great coach for him from a, from a, mm. a, a fantasy perspective. He's still averaging a 
ton of turnovers, but it doesn't matter when, you know, he's getting like 11, 12 assists. So I'll, yeah. I'll take five turnovers if you're getting that many. Give me two to one. I'll take that. And I've never thought that DeJounte was a good fit alongside Trey. No. He's a very good player in his own right, but yeah. they just don't suit each other, I don't think. So that would be, Mm-mm. if I was them, that's I'd, that's the path I'd be heading down. I'd be trying to offload him and get, um, get some floor spacing back uh, because they've got Jalen Johnson who uh, in his own right is becoming a superstar. Um, Onyeko Kongwu who we're just waiting, waiting. Still waiting. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So they've got the pieces pieces there. So we'll just see. And um, Jalen Johnson, where does he go in drafts next year? I think he replaces. Like I think I would put him in a, a spot where I had John Collins a few years ago. Like I think he would go in that fifty sixty range. Mm-hmm. Like I think that that's fair based off what we've seen so far. Like I hope he can he can he can keep this up because he just has that. <clears throat> that skill set where he gives you everything. He shoots a high percentage and he plays defense. So yeah, I know maybe I'd actually put him in like where I had OJ Ananobi this year. Like I feel like he's that kind of a player where he can just impact your fantasy team in such and so many different facets. Um, yeah, well, that's well, actually a pretty crazy jump considering he was like a, a late round pick. And now we're, mm. <laughs> we're talking about him. I'm talking about him being a top 50 type of type of guy, but I think he has the, the skill set for it. Yeah, well, I mean, Josh and I had this question on – that's why I asked. We had this question this morning, and um, we both said top 40 potentially next season, which yeah. is around where OG was going in that mm-hmm. in that range. And he's 35th this season, so – Crazy. Yeah, there's no reason to think that he can't be. So um, that'll do it then. I'm going to let you go. You, you're on a bit of a, uh, a time crunch, as am I. I need to go and help. Uh, my my kids and my wife are at yeah, a big likewise. trampoline park today, so <laughs> I need to go and, and uh, sit with her and keep her company. So um, I'll let you go. I'm sure I'll have you back on at some point. Um, yeah, we'd love to do the tell- Saturday show with the uh, when you guys watch the games and stuff. That's that's really cool. Love that. Love that format and just the idea. So yeah, let's get yep. that on the book sometime. Yep, yep. Um, and I mean, let people know where they can find you. What what you've got going on as well. Sure. Yeah. Hit me up on Twitter at Dan Titus and check out the Roto World basketball show every Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. And I got a couple articles coming out each week for Yahoo. So look at that and make sure that you play on Yahoo. If you want some free money, you get entered to win a hundred dollar gift card at the NBA store. Can't hurt. Just playing in a public league. All you got to do is sign up. So go get yourself a jersey, get yourself some shorts or something. Uh, Just don't make it the city editions because those jerseys are hideous. A lot of them are, yes. I, I, I didn't mind the Indiana ones. No, I've that one's great. That, on. that one was good. Um, that one was and when good. And <laughs> when we went to Indiana, we both sort of said, my, my mate and I, we said, oh, I don't really like the Pacers City gear, but when we saw it in the store, it, it actually grew on us quite a bit. Yeah. So so I don't mind it. They um, got it right. The yeah. Miami Heat got it completely wrong. We don't need they a did. culture on a whole jersey. It's cool, yeah. we, we We got it. We got the memo. It's cool. Yeah, we – yeah. <laughs> It's, I think teams are just running out of ideas at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's go back to basics. What's wrong with the Heat? Like Harold Miner, like Ronnie yeah. Cycli, like, you know, go back to that era of, of Miami or even go to Dwayne Wade era. That's fine too. Just don't do yeah. whatever you're doing now. It's just not worth it. It's all about money and we know, we yeah. know why they're doing it. So, uh, that will do it for today's show. Remember, you can check out all of our content at fbibasketball.com. Uh, as I said, at Twitter, at AdamKing91, at fbibasketball. Uh, we're on YouTube, obviously. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Go and subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, it all 
counts. It uh, it makes this worthwhile doing these shows as much as I love doing them. It is nice to know that I'm reaching some people. Uh, and until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.